What up, family? This is Trisha Bell, and you're listening to Our Sexual Healings Podcast. Here is where we promote a healthy biblical view of sex, marriage, and dating. We desire to normalize the discussion of sex in the church. Now, hubby is out working this evening, but today we have some special guests with us to chat about our perspectives of sex in the culture. These women are amazing lyricists, and I've had the privilege of building with them over the last year or so, and I'm so happy to have them on the show. I'll let them introduce themselves, and then we'll just dig right in. All right. My name is Moniel, and I'm from D.C., and I live in Philly currently, and um, I do music and art, and those are the things. Uh, my name is Shakia. I'm based out in Seattle. Um, I'm an MC and a choreographer. And um, yeah, love the Lord. What's up, y'all? Um, I'm Mikey. Um, I'm uh, I'm from South Central Los Angeles, and I do music, um, write, uh, play instruments, and I teach music too. And a mom and a wife. Those things are cool too. What's up? My my name is uh, Evidence. I am uh, originally from New Orleans, born and raised. I live out here in Memphis, and uh, I do hip hop. I write songs, write poetry. I draw. I'm a mom. That part is fun, but uh, <laughs> you know, I love what I do, and I have a passion for kids, man. Hey, it's Tarina. I'm a Jersey girl. I'm a musician and an actress. Yeah. Um, I'm Asia. I go by the name Asia Marie. I'm an artist, musician, and creative. I uh, live in Chicago, Illinois. All right, ladies. So the first question um, we have is, what was your first introduction to sex? I'll say uh, my first introduction to sex was uh, my parents' pornos that they thought they hid so well. Mm-hmm. in the house and um me and my sisters you know playing around and we found them and we used to make our own videos me and my sisters like we would record on a vhs um i feel like i just really dated myself but we just we would record <laughs> on, on the vhs we would record our own videos and stuff and so we were looking for tapes to record and we found them we thought we hit the jackpot we oh, go to wow. put them in and wow. you know there were pornos and we were like what the heck is this you know our we had no idea what we were looking at like yeah mind blown like what is this what is happening like i don't even know if we knew how the level of wrong of what we were looking at right like we had no idea right yeah so wow. that was my introduction <laughs> Um, uh, I think my, my first introduction to, uh, any kind of activity like that was like, um, I been maybe, maybe five, five years old. And it was from being waken up in the middle of the night, uh, by an uncle. And, and I'm not even sure, uh, when, when this question was asked, um, there's, there's a consensual age for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 16 and then there was violations age at like five right. so the very first one was 
violation by an uncle. And then when I was 16 years old, I was with a 22-year-old lying about my age, mm-hmm. pretending to be calm mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I was in a my first fully sexually active relationship at 16. And uh, he was 22. And um, but five years old, yeah, just just being woke up in the middle of the night by an uncle who had already, like, I I woke up because I was being like tossed around basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm sorry, sis. I just I just want to say that um I. That's hard, right? Um, like at five, you know, just thinking about. Uh, my own children, you know, at five, like, yeah, that's absolutely violation. I got twin nephews and uh, they're, I can't even handle the, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the thought. Yeah. The thought of anyone uh, doing anything. So I can't handle it. Yeah. So I get it, but God has done a lot in this area for me. Mm -hmm. and, And so I'm, I'm okay talking about it without um you know what i'm saying going into um like reliving it and rehashing it yeah i know i know um that one was for a reason you know not like god was like yeah do this to her and do that to her but sometimes you don't know what kind of call is on your life and just because you don't know don't mean you won't get swung right you know right yeah Um, Asia. Okay, so um, my introduction, there are three that stand out in my mind in particular. The first time I was probably like three or four. Mm-hmm. And um, I was visiting my grandmother, and then all my cousins were there, like my first cousin. And I remember walking down the hallway and walking in, and all of them were huddled around the TV. And when they opened up the like the the space so I could see what was on the TV. It was a porno. So I saw the hairy man and a lady doing a thing. And I just remember like being in shock, similar to what Darina said, like what did I just watch and what am I watching? And feeling really like strange. Mm Kind of like not comparing it to the, to Adam and Eve in the garden when they knew they were like naked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It felt very much like, all right, like I've been exposed. Yeah. I can't, unsee what I saw so that was the first time the second time was with a playmate uh that lived across the street from me when I was a kid probably around four or five Mm -hmm. that I would play with frequently and then they would do stuff to me I would do stuff to them and it wasn't even like I hadn't even been like touched or anything at that point but it was just playmates playing curiosity yeah Mm -hmm. and I, I and it seemed like every time I would uh, play with that person. We would do that. Like it yeah. would end up happening all the time. Yeah. And then, um, and then the third time was uh, I was molested when I was uh, like a le- uh, maybe like ten. I was probably nine or ten years old mm-hmm. uh, by by a family member, by a cousin, an older cousin, uh, physically and sexually. And that would that was probably like my third like introduction um, to that. Mm-hmm. And then that stopped when I stood up uh, for myself and um, it didn't happen again. And then I remember telling my parents and they were both like, I remember my mom being frozen 
Hmm. And she kind of like flatly looked at me and said, well, you know, you know, it's not your fault. Um, but nothing. And then she was like, I'll talk to your dad about it. And that's all I remember. Like, I don't remember any follow up or anything after that. And then I remember my dad, I remember him being like really upset. Yeah. And I know they had a conversation. I don't know what the conversation was, but it was nothing. It was just kind of like I told him and it was just done. It was just over. Um, but, but one thing about like when you get such, it don't matter if it's like five minutes or five years, like you'll always remember and it, and it changes, it changes you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, because of that, I can never see anything the same, like Shakia, I have nieces and nephews, even yeah. if they plan with other cousins, I'm just exactly. checking in on them. Yeah. Not being paranoid, but just, I know, it, you know, you some curiosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You just don't know. And so I, and I always tell my husband, I said, I don't want your family to think I'm strange. Like when we have kids, I don't want them just going to anybody's house. Absolutely. And I know, like, I can't be paranoid because like things are going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. under Absolutely. my watch and on my watch. But yeah, as much as I can help it, like, I just want to make sure I'm keeping my kids safe and protected. Um, but yeah, that was my introduction to, to sex. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Like, my introduction to sex happened in, like, stages. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, like, I grew up, like, you know, in the early 90s, and your parents would be like, turn your head when, like, oh, a sex mm-hmm. scene would come on. We oh, could hear it, right. but we couldn't mm. see it. Um, right. so they would cover up our faces, and we'd be trying to look through the cracks right. and stuff, see what's going on. <laughs> right. So, for the longest, I just thought sex was just people rubbing. That's it. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was anything else. And when mm-hmm. I was like around 11, I think, my brother and his best friend at the time was in the house and I was hearing like sex noises. Hmm. And I was like, what are y'all doing? And so I came, I went into the living room and they had a porno on. It was like uh-huh. this white lady and this big buff black guy and they was just going at it. And that was my first time ever seeing what sex was. And I was like, Ew, what's going on? And I just had like sex education in like the span of forty-five seconds. Yeah. Like they was telling me what was going on, what happened, wow. the the anatomy of a man's private area, what goes on with a woman's private area. And I didn't know like after that, like my whole entire mindset towards sex completely changed. Hmm. And it I feel like because I didn't get the the talk from my parents, even even going on forward in life, like I don't even know yeah. if my mom even know about that experience or not. But even going on, we still never had that conversation. Right. And just not getting a, an understanding of what I saw right. and not not getting it, it caused me to live kind of like a promiscuous kind of lifestyle because yeah. you see it. And I was like a preteen when I saw it. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I want to, you know, I want to try this and I want to see how this is and I want to do this and I want to do that or whatever. But, but it's, it's like, once you see it, you can't unsee it, of course, but it changes, it changes your view of what it, of what sex is. So, so like just going throughout my entire life, like not actually knowing the, the whole purpose of sex or why sex is, is even something that humans do. 
I just thought it was just, you know, it, it just messed up my viewpoint of what sex was. And yeah. it took a very long time for me to to figure it out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's my introduction to what to what sex is to me. Mm. Oh no. Yeah. Mikey. All right, I'll hop back in. Um this is just really interesting. I was telling my husband about the conversation we were having mm-hmm. and um, his family did a really good job of protecting them. There's three mm-hmm. of them because mm-hmm. moms was, was violated. Right. And I was telling him about it. He's like, yeah, I've heard about that. Right. Talking mm-hmm. about like cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can relate. Cause da 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 And I was telling him, he was like, wait, that happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. He's like, you know, you never told me that. Right. Oh, wow. and I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it till it came up, you know? So even right. thinking about this question is, is really, it's helpful, but even, you know, it's like, I'm gonna have to talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, and so it's just so crazy. It's like, we've married almost five years. I'm like, I never told mm. you that. I guess I never thought it mattered, you know? And he's mm. like, that makes a lot of sense. So anyways, mm. um, just how important this is. Um, but for me, um, it's a couple of different things that popped up in my mind, actually intentionally thinking about it. Um, uh, a little cousin, I think I was probably like five. He was like three. I don't mm-hmm. even really remember much. Mm-hmm. We was at a babysitter's. And I just remember we were kind of doing something. We wasn't, we wasn't trying to be seen. Right. You know? Um, and I mean, dang, he was really young. I think he still had like a diaper on. Like, I remember that. Wow. So I don't even necessarily remember anything happening. It's just as vague. Yeah. You know? And then, but what I do remember is I was probably about six a friend was over. She was a year older than me. She mm. spent the night. And for some reason, we were watching uh, what's Soul Food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's a sex scene in there. And uh, it was just like yeah. weird, right? And so we went to sleep. And then she was like, hey, you want to like make those noises that they were making in that video, in the movie? And yeah. I was like, uh, sure, right? And so we were just making the noises right and then i don't know if it was the same day or another time she came over it was like hey we should like go in the closet and try to do what they were doing and Mm -hmm. make those noises yeah um and so that that those two and then as we got older the same situation when my little cousin would come over he would come over we would you know what i'm saying we'd sleep in the same bed and we like hump each other and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and so that was between like five and eight you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, those two situations, I think, are the earliest. Um, yeah, earliest ones. Okay. And we all we all have similar. I mean, you know, similar stories. Um, yeah, this is what I'm noticing. Um, Mo, are you you the last one? I think so. Okay. Well, <laughs> before me, I'll I'll say mine at the end. But you go. You go ahead. Um, I think it's a cloud of confusing interactions. The Mm. first one was um, random magazines I found in my mom's closet Mm. because who can resist your mom's closet? So we would go in there. I mean, it would be candy in there, all types of stuff. So I'm in there, I'm going through things. We find a magazine. It was weird, so I put it back. And then... um, movies turn your head close your eyes so you do that first but then it's like what am i missing 
Right. So I would see something and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Don't want to see that. And then it was cousins coming over. It was like all of these different interactions and I still didn't know what it was. Yeah. So then it's cousins coming over and they're like, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, all right. Okay, cool. So we would do stuff and still not really understanding. And then it was being in the same room with a fa- I'm asleep on the sofa. Mm-hmm. A family member invites boys over and is just in the living room, just having a good time. And mm-hmm. I'm a kid, you know, and I wake up and I'm afraid. I remember being afraid. Mm-hmm. And so from that moment on, any mention of the word, any uh, mention of the word or like uh, if it's in a movie, whatever, mm-hmm. I would associate sex with fear. Mm-hmm. because I was just so scared the time that I woke up. That makes sense. And then another, um, I think the thing that just kind of pushed me further away from even being interested in it at all, um, I had to have been 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. But my sister, she told me, if a boy who's older than you ever tries to, um, like, if he tells you, just let me put it in, you tell him this. And I'm like, I have no, I don't know what she's talking about. I said, I'm just trying to right. understand what she's what? saying to me. Right. And I say, but you know, later I see, I see the providence of God and her telling me this craziness. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like a teenager. She had to be like 17 or something. She tells me this and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what this means. Mm-hmm. And then maybe months later, we're playing hide-go-seek in the neighborhood. So everybody's like running everywhere, hiding. I hide in this little patch of woods, like by the playground. Mm-hmm. This like 20-year-old dude who's playing with us comes over there. He's like, hey, let me, like exactly what my sister said. Wow. It's so creepy. Wow. He says, let me do this. Right. And then I'm like, uh... And then what she told me comes to mind and I say that, he's like, no, um, it'll be quick. And so right away it's like, spidey sense goes off, danger, you need yeah. to run. So I get up and just start running. Yeah. And I get to my house and my mom was looking for me and I'm like crying because I'm scared. And from then, from then on, I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with it. Don't talk to me about it. Right. If I'm in CVS and there's like, you know, a little condom aisle, but like I'm not walking down that aisle. <laughs> Right. I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. So then, child, I mess around and get married. I'm like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, What's going on? Let's wait till tomorrow. Like, it was just a whole time. Yeah. So I had to, you know, it was just, it was associated with fear for a mm. long time because of those interactions. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, when you mentioned after you got married, like, just that that experience that you had growing up and how you associated it with fear um, and it being like a bad thing, right? Because fear is like not good. Um, then you get married and it's actually a good thing, but you, you still associate that thing that's good with fear. So it's like, how do I, how do I reconcile that? So that, that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm sure um, let's, we can get, we can get more into that um, part of the combo later, but um, I think a lot of married women who are, are Christians, um, who have, um, you know, some kind of ex- past experience or uh, a not good experience of, or good introduction to sex 
have that problem. Um, you know, once they get married, it's kind of like, what do I do now? Um, yeah. So I can share my story briefly. Um, similar to Mo, I did see some things in my dad's uh, under his cupboard, like in his bathroom or something. I think I was looking for some tissue one day and I was like, probably like five or six, maybe seven, um, just looking for tissue. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> it's like a bunch of magazines. I'm like, what is that? Um, and I'm looking like, oh, wow, that's, whoa, like, okay. So I put it back because I'm thinking that's weird. Like, I don't know why that's under my dad's cabinet. Um, so fast forward, um, I think I've, I've definitely been in the room where my dad is like watching something. like, oh, cover your eyes. And I'm like, what, what is that? Um, I'm curious. Definitely had a lot of curiosity, but it didn't really um, come to its height um, until a family member. Um, I was asleep just like most of you sleep um he comes in and I'm when I wake up my underwear are at my ankles and I'm like I'm scared I don't know what to do I'm frozen like what's happening um and then it's like oh you're touching me like there's things happening and I don't understand why and so I'm just frozen like I can't move um the next day I tell well after a while of touching they leave and I wake up and they tried to come back in and they saw that I was awake and was like, Oh, uh, you know, like acting like nothing happened. Um, so I'm just sitting there like, what the heck just happened? So the next day I tell my father, um, and absolutely nothing happens. Uh, there was a conversation brief. Um, the person made an excuse that something fell there. I don't even know. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, and my father just dismissed it and never had the discussion with that person or me ever again. Um, and so that from that point on, I was like, what is that? I want to know more about what that is because it felt good. Although I was scared, like I just, I just want to feel something good again. Um, and I'm curious, like what, what this even, what did that even mean? Um, yeah. And from there, you know, of course, just um, it just sparked so much curiosity that I was with cousins, you know, cousins coming over, you know, the whole the thing happens. You're touching, you're playing house. And you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's me because I, I had the situation happen to me. Now I'm curious and maybe I'm more of the aggressor. Um, like, hey, can we do this? Like, because this happened to me. So I want to know like if we can explore that more, you know, with each other. Um, and it was like one friend in particular where it was, it happened every to like Asia, every time we would like play, it was always happening. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that, that I think led to a lot of, um, promiscuity as a teenager and, you know, young adult, um, and, you know, just, like everybody else's story, it just kind of, it's just not, it just leads you down a road that you, you shouldn't be in. Right. Um, and it, and it gets, it just gets muddy and difficult. Cause you're like, I don't even understand how I got here. <laughs> like, you know, now I do, but back then I'm just like, how am I, how do I get out of this? Like, I, I feel like I'm addicted at this point because of, you know, this one thing that happened to me when I was seven. Um, so, um, 
I know you all shared your introduction um, to sex. What, how did that impact your understanding of sex as you got older? So, so there's a couple things. One, I think the biggest thing was robbing me of a sense of permission. Mm-hmm. I wasn't asked for any of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and um, it, even even mentioning what my culture is. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm raised on my Samoan side, right? My father's African American. My mom is Samoan. I'm raised on my mom and my aunties, right? Mm-hmm. Part of why they left Samoa is because once their father passed away, they began to get raped and beaten by the entire family. Wow. Right? So they flee Samoa. They come to the States. Then my mother is involved in prostitution from 15 until she meets my father. Hmm. And um, that's how they they met in that transaction. And I mentioned that to say my mother was never shown how to fight back or how to address anything, right? Hmm. So here comes whether we realize it or not, some sort of a generational curse of violation and abuse, right? Mm. So this is going on with me Mm. for, before I ever even said anything, this is going on with me for like a solid three years. And it just went from an uncle to cousins to even boys in the neighborhood. Like um, I noticed a lot of these young boys had older fathers, like their fathers, they were five and their fathers had gray hairs they look like granddads oh wow man yeah so for me you know there's a lot of violation going on because there's some grown 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 men doing something with some young girls Mm. you know what i'm saying and getting the kids so anyway um it it removed my sense of permission you know what i'm saying and that kind of impacts your value uh the other thing um is it fed into um, a belief very young that I was just ugly. Um, my brother and my sister, we, we all got the same mom, same dad, but my brother and sister are light-skinned. I mm. came out chocolate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it fed to, it fed into some, some uh, it skewed my sense of beauty. And then what I did without, because I didn't necessarily have words to express what was going on, I, I started cutting my hair you know when mm-hmm. i was little mm-hmm. and um and uh then after that you have you know you're being called ugly by yeah. family members and you're getting you know just being violated and so the other thing was i noticed my mom's uh my mom's choice in men and my auntie's choice in men and my cousin's choice in men and they all seem to dominate it's like once once they had sex they fell in love it seemed you know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I love him. And I was like, oh, heck no. You know what I'm saying? I was like, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't necessarily make me more promiscuous where I uh, wanted to have sex. It made me more, um, I think, manipulative with sex. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. became like a way to either manipulate or to get revenge. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, it's like, okay, clearly you guys love this enough to do some of the most vile things I've ever experienced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. if this is the case, then I will use that to my advantage. And it mm-hmm. almost made me, um, I, I was heartless. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, I would, um, like I said, when I was 16 with a 22-year-old, he was one of several brothers I was dealing with, but I wasn't 
I wasn't sleeping with him. I was only sleeping with him. Right. Like the first time somebody wanted to marry me when I was 16. Hmm. And I thought it was a joke. I tried to hold in my laugh. I wasn't the chick that grew up with this um, dream about getting married one day. You mm -hmm. know, I didn't. Mm -hmm. The only time I saw weddings growing up was in movies. Mm, wow. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't raised in church. Yeah. You know, so as far as I was concerned, you just kind of stuck with a bum until you got sick of him. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. you, you know, yeah. but they didn't demonstrate anything worth respecting. So I would say it made me very angry. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It made mm -hmm. me very angry. It made me very spiteful, very vengeful. Um, and, um, and it really impacted my sense of uh, speaking up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like there was a that lot completely. then, you know, yeah. it's like, I wasn't necessarily um, fearful of sexual activity because you get exposed to it young. And so it's like, it's almost like, um, like I'm a little too good at kissing, I'm a little too good at this, you know, for right. my age. It's right. Like you become a little more advanced. Right. In infections, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you, a, you, you just know how to do a little bit more than you should be knowing at all. At yeah. That age, you know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of like, you know, it, it just became a means to kind of inflict pain, hmm. you know? Uh, and, and I felt like, well, you guys do this all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I felt very justified in some cold stuff. Hmm. You know, so. That makes sense. That makes sense. Anybody else want to share? Um, I was just going to, I, I feel like I was similar to what you were saying and what Shakia was saying as far as um, just leading you down like a road of like promiscuity and just um, I was really similar to Shakia, you know, once my view of sex was that was all that a man had to offer me <laughs> mm. because my parents, my dad was abusive to my mom. So I felt mm. like love didn't exist. And that has to be the only thing that yeah. they're good for. And right. that, so that's, that's what my view of sex developed into. And I mm. also like Shakia never thought that I would be married. I'm like, there's no way I didn't grow up in the church either. So I had absolutely no idea what marriage really was yeah and um, what love really was but i was like relationships don't exist love doesn't exist mm. um you know so you know also just like shakia is so funny mm -hmm. um you know somebody asked you to marry him it's a joke <laughs> like, right what you talking about <laughs> no nah, i'm not that kind of girl i ain't the marrying kind like that's how I was, I was feeling it was so weird yeah so um, I just want to say it's just very, very similar. I, I didn't know. Um, I had absolute sex was the only, I had absolutely no healthy view of sex. Yeah. It was just, you know, it's what you need to do for real quick every now and then. And that's it. Yeah. 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 I don't think, I, I feel like many of us didn't have a healthy view of sex i mean i don't know anybody honestly who grew up having a healthy view you know what i'm saying like a biblical like 
I mean, there's I, there's some old, maybe some old school folk, but I not many, not many of my friends. I'll say. Nope. Anybody else want to share? Uh, Asia. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, as far as how it impacted me, <laughs> as you were talking, I was thinking about it. Like for me, it was just like something uh, pleasurable. Like, mm-hmm. it's just for pleasure, just to yeah. make you feel good and make the other person feel good. Yeah. I never merged sex with love at all. Like, those are always two separate things. So right. after my initial introductions to sex, nothing happened for, like, years until uh, I lost my virginity at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was, a, uh, like, a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Because during that time, I was, trying, I was a pastor's daughter. I was a church musician. So I was always like in front of people and I was trying to be the good church girl. Yeah. And th- there were these conversations like, just don't do it. Right. You know, right. But no conversations about you're going to be tempted. And when right. you are tempted, this is what this you is do. What you do. <laughs> right. So right. it makes it hard to kind of know, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just like, don't do it. But, you know, and so for me, it was just like pleasure. I want to feel good. Yeah this person wants to feel good is just pleasure, but not knowing God's design for it, that he made sex for marriage. And it's something beautiful to be enjoyed. Yes. With, with someone you love, but only in the context of marriage. Right. And I think now I, I know like now as an adult, as, a, as now that I've been a believer for like 10 years now, I feel like, especially coming into marriage. Now I understand yeah. it makes more sense. clearly than I ever have because you know, for for whatever reason, I didn't really start talking about my, my molestation until like I would get in relationships with someone I was sexually active with hmm. and it would it would come up or I was yeah. in relationships with boyfriends. Right. And then sometimes they would even because, you know, it's very rare for men to share, you know, things that happen to them. Yeah. And sometimes they would share with me, hmm. you know, and I and the more I started talking to people, I saw that man. This is kind of common with a lot of people. Not that it's an everyday occurrence, but it does happen mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So for me, it, I just equated sex with pleasure. But I like I wanted the fairy tale romance. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted the love and and the marriage and stuff. But but sex was like its own separate category. Yeah. It was very very skewed in my perspective. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Evidence. I, I never I never associated sex and love being the same thing mm-hmm. um, because of the way I was introduced to what sex was. Right. Um, and the way that my mind processed things is, is uh, if I have an understanding of it, then I would know how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I've been that way for, for as long as I can remember. So mm-hmm. I have to understand why I should not do it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just like just like she mentioned, um, I grew up in church, so kind of grew up in church. But um, it was a lot of you know, don't have sex until you're married. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, there was no why you shouldn't have sex. Right. Um, there was no mention of soul ties. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of of transference of spirits. There was no spiritual mentioning of anything with right. sex, and there was no mentioning of of um, you know, temptation, unless they were saying, if you're tempted, then pray and the devil will flee. That did not work for me. So, so I was like, I was, I didn't have, a, I didn't have We laugh because it don't work for, for many people. It didn't work. <laughs> it was like, when you tempted, when you get that feeling, just pray. And I will be praying, I'll be speaking in tongues and 
boom, still horny. So it's like it wasn't working. <laughs> was not working. So I was yeah, like, bro, something got to shake. And yeah. I had to get an understanding and I didn't have it. And I, I only thought it was just for pleasure. And the more that I would go to church and go to like the little teen Bible study stuff, the more I was associated with pre with pleasure because they made it seem like uh, this feels entirely too good for it to be mm. uh, for it to be uh, righteous. So yeah. you have to wait until you get married to unlock the righteousness of it. And that's how I thought of sex. Like mm. it's not righteous until you get married. Mm. So it's a sin. It's a terrible sin, and you shouldn't do it. But it was so tempting. You know, it, it was yeah. like uh, putting a, putting like a bag of candy in front of a three-year-old and leaving the room and say, hey, don't, don't touch that candy that. and just <laughs> right. walk out. You know, right. it was like, right. so just having that, that, that misguided understanding of what it was, I never, I never had, I never associated it with anything outside of it being pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I would use it to, I would use it to try to keep a dude. Mm, or try mm -hmm. to not really well yeah manipulate them mm -hmm. but uh <laughs> we use it to try to like keep a dude or try to or try to like make a dude do what i want to do because it was pleasurable I, right. and i didn't think of it as anything else right um i didn't uh like a few years ago it's a long years ago it was about six seven years ago i was uh i just got a relationship with my ex-fiance and we were together for like four years. We dated for two years. We were engaged for two years. And um, the whole four years, we did not have any kind of sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. And I was, he was, he was a nerd. So he wasn't that promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm from the hood. So just what it is. Right. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, he was like, I told him, that I didn't want to go down that road mm -hmm. because I just wanted to kind of find out who I am right. and build like a solid foundation. And there were times where we would get into, we would get into moments where, where temptation was at its highest mm -hmm. and he would be like, no, I respect you. And I never had that from any guy. Yeah. And I always, I always thought to myself, this dude gay. I always thought that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean he was a gentleman. Yeah. You can never and, and the thing about it is that he set a bar so high right. to where it's hard for me to find that in another guy or whatever. Wow. But yeah. um but he was just a gentleman. He respected all of that and that led me to to understanding the purity of what sex is. Right. And but but as far as like uh before then all the all the the all the times that I would do it with guys and stuff like that, it wasn't really in a in a you're my man, I'm your woman kind of thing. It was more mm -hmm. like, hey, you need it, I need it, let's yeah. get it together. You yeah. see, so yeah, so it's just it it just messed up. I, I feel like had I had uh, a conversation with my parents or with any adult about what it what sex is why it's a sin, mm -hmm. uh, what it's made for, and all the rest yeah. of the good stuff about it. If And, you know, the pros and cons of it and stuff. If I had that conversation, then I know that the road that I would have went down 
when it comes down to sex would have been totally different because I would have had a better uh, view of what it was and a better understanding of what it was. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Understood. I mean, can totally relate to that. It makes sense. Yeah. Anyone else? Mo? Yeah, like I said before, um, I was just like, let me stay away from it mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with what I learned in church, it was still like cool. So stay away from it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think because I took such a, I had such an unhealthy perspective of it. As I got older, I did like college have a better understanding, but it was still like um, the same kind of fear thing. Mm-hmm. But I leaned more toward being like emotionally um, intense. I was just emotionally intense, just all around. Um, like if there was a guy I liked, I was just intense. Right. Just every feeling on the planet. Yeah. Um, but there was no like balance um, mm-hmm. of understanding of the things. And so um, I'm like, well, they didn't teach me anything about emotions. So I can like feel all the feels. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think leaning on the emotional side of things was super unhealthy. Because mm-hmm. um, it would be either guys I liked or in friendships to some degree. Yeah. Just super emo all the time. And yeah, it just, it was unbalanced. And um, yeah, so when I got married, something as simple as my husband trying to kiss me, I would kind of like push mm-hmm. him away. I'm like, all right, you gave me a kiss. Cool. We got it. Like, move back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of push him away somewhat. And us having to work through, like, what is that about? Like, yeah. why is that there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you're in a better place in that area now than you were before? Yes. Amen. I am. Praise God. Yeah. Praise I am. God. I mean, there are still moments, yeah. but I'm aware of it now and I know what the things the things are. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we're about to be eight years in, so praise God, like something changed. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? Eight years. Oh, that's crazy. First of all, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. But praise God. The Lord, like, definitely healed some things and um yeah it's getting better and better but that's good that's good okay so the next question when you learned of god's view and intention for sex right in light of the gospel okay what was your reaction or response did you you know like were you continuing in, in a sinful relationship or did you get out of a relationship? Did you, you know, were there things that you stopped doing or was it a slow, you know, progressive thing? Like, tell me what, what your reaction or your response was. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We know that it's much needed and we will continue the conversation with part two next week we also are so thankful to you guys for bearing with us um you know just being in quarantine has really uh added a lot of 
new things to our schedule. Um, you know, homeschool is the beast. So we really try to get these out weekly um, by Tuesdays, but it just hasn't happened. So if you guys don't hear from us on a Tuesday, we should definitely have it out uh, by Friday. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for part two next week. Peace. The truth is I'm a sinner and it's official But ever since I've been with you Conflict is convicting, convincing me of my issues Tempted to think that it's you Then my vision gets crystal Clear the image appears in the mirror and it's a sick dude When did I get so sinful? What have I gotten into? No one's made me so angry before Is it consequential or merely coincidental? Was I tripping to pick you or was I tripping the minute I figured this would be simple? I remember the arguments 3 o'clock in the morning And can't remember what started it Crying, confessing all our sin We've got to change because with the time that's been taken up I'll be late when I'm waking up, but I'm glad that we're making up It's crazy, but is that what reconciliation does? We went from inches of breaking stuff to making love Make no mistakes, I ain't downplaying the pain, it sucks But that's the cause of sanctification and gaining trust Truth is I'm not perfect, but I've learned to make this work And I know that I have hurt you
Yeah, I'm worth it.